You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And it's a brand new month, just two months left in 2023. My goodness, talk about it all the time. Time flies, but uh, greeted this morning with November weather. Nice and chilly out there, brisk, just uh, the way it's supposed to be. Sun shining, beautiful day, but uh, absolutely cool. Going to be warming up, though, by the weekend. I think they're saying the high for Saturday going to be like 76 degrees, so it'll be nice on Saturday night for Alabama and LSU. Uh, and um, the forecast is still... Without rain for about as long as you can see, which is going to be a problem, already is a problem. At some point, uh, there needs to be a front come through here because we're having fires all over the place. And um, it's definitely not safe to do any burning in your yard or anything like that. So be cognizant of that. It's windy and it's dry. And, man, it doesn't take much. And, you know, woods are on fire. So it's beautiful weather, but it is absolutely bone dry out there. And, uh Nothing uh, changing in the forecast, but it's November. We're here. We're ready to go. I'm Gary Harris, Justin Jones, manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the first of Ancondos hotline at 205-342-9904. Noah Haynes hanging out with us as well. And uh, we got a great show on tap for you today. We really, really do. So we are going to uh, run it down for you here in just a second, like I always do. But first, I need to tell you this hour, the Gary Harris show being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member owned and not for profit. It really is just a better way of banking. I find uh, that uh, the people there are what make the difference, and um, it's just such a, it's almost like a family when you become a member of the credit union. Unlike a traditional banking institution, which is taking its profits and paying off its shareholders, Alabama Credit Union is taking its profits and returning them to you, the member, in the form of lower interest rates and higher dividends. I think that's something we can all get excited about. Find out more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And pull extra change in your pocket. Or here's the lineup, and I'm ready to, I'm ready to brag a little bit for the NASCAR segment. I hit a winner. Ryan Blaney came through for me at Martinsville. So Matt now leads me just four to three in terms of picking winners this year in the NASCAR segment that we do every week. And if I pick the winner correct on um, Sunday at Phoenix for the championship, then I will. Uh, I will tie him, and I've had more top tens and more top fives. So uh, we're going to put a scoring uh, system in. Jeff Payton's going to put a scoring system in next year so that we can not just in terms of picking winners, but in terms of consistency. But uh, big win for Ryan Blaney and a big win for me. We'll preview the championship race. There are four drivers left with a chance to win it all. Of course, all the other drivers in the field have an opportunity to win the race as well. They're not out there just to run laps. They'll be trying to win too. But those four, the championship four, well, that's where the spotlight will be on Sunday in Phoenix. At uh, 10 o'clock, as Matt Coulter comes up on NASCAR at 9.30, 10 o'clock, former Alabama two-time first-team All-American safety, Tommy Wilcox, a uh, long-time uh, hunting and fishing uh, show, uh, Tommy Wilcox Outdoors, that I was a part of for many, many years. It's been on the air for uh, 20 years now. 
He is going to be with us. We'll talk some football. Of course, he's uh, from Harahan, Louisiana, just outside New Orleans. Went to Bonneville High School, celebrated high school athlete, and spurned LSU for Alabama. Of course, his dad played at Tulane. As Tommy will tell you, he never had any intentions of playing at LSU. But when he came to Alabama, it was a big brouhaha. And, in fact, um, uh, when they went down there in 1979, um, to play in Baton Rouge, there was a scarecrow with the 15 on it. They burned him in effigy uh, on the way into Baton Rouge there. So uh, we'll talk about his memories of Alabama LSU and also uh, a big hunting and fishing laws expo uh, or, or hunting and fishing laws uh, meeting that comes up every year here in West Alabama that's scheduled to be next week at the Tuscaloosa County Courthouse Annex. So Tommy Wilcox will join us at uh, – 10 o'clock this morning, looking forward to visiting with Tommy on football and on hunting and fishing and this hunting and fishing laws update. Then at 10.30, Sam Marcinick, former New York Yankees pitcher, now uh, heads up baseball country and does phenomenal work uh, at baseball country. And they've got uh, some big events coming up that we want to uh, visit with them about as well. So that will be... uh, That'll be a lot of fun at 10.30. So we got a jam-packed guest list, but always have room for you. If you want to join us on the show, the First Domain Condos hotline is open for business right now at 205-342-9904. That's 205-342-9904. All right, some headlines. And, uh, of course, the first college football playoff rankings came out last night. And... Alabama is at number eight. I put out a question on social media, on uh, Twitter and on Facebook. And, um, you know, what do you think about Alabama's ranking? And a lot of people have chimed in, uh, believing that Alabama is probably about where it, where it needs to be right now. And, um, you know, has some work to do, but is in position to, to get it done. Ohio State is number one. Georgia is two. I think people are surprised that Michigan is at three. I think a lot of people felt like Michigan would be either one or two. But Michigan is three. Florida State is four. So those are the those are the four. Washington and Oregon from the Pac-12 are the first two out. Then it's Texas, which beat Alabama at number seven. Then Alabama at eight. Oklahoma, which beat Texas, is at nine. You could make a case if you were Oklahoma. Hey, we beat them head up. <laughs> we're behind them. Uh, Ole Miss is at ten, a team that Alabama beat. Penn State 11, Missouri at 12, Louisville at 13. LSU with two losses is at 14. Notre Dame 15, Oregon State 16, Tennessee 17, Utah 18, UCLA is at 19. Number 20 is Southern Cal and rounding out the 25 in the first CFP rankings, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Tulane, and unbeaten Air Force. But again, you're focused on those first four, really on the first six, and for that matter, the top 10. Because anybody in the top 10, I think, is within, within, within reaching distance. But Alabama is at number eight. What do you think of the Tides rating? Uh, let me know if you want to give us a call on the First to Main Condos hotline at 205-342-9904. I, that's where I, I expected Alabama to be. I expected Alabama to be at eight. Um, you got five, you know, unbeaten teams up there. Uh, although I think Washington has lived on the edge a little bit. They're fortunate to be unbeaten. Uh, but Georgia right now, to me, is the best team. But in terms of body of work and strength of schedule and all those things, I guess Ohio State deserves it on their, uh, you know, for their schedule. Michigan hasn't really played anybody. I think Florida State's been very impressive this year. But again, any of those teams that are unbeaten right now, um, in the top four, they control their own destiny. But, you know, you've got Michigan and Ohio State that play each other. Uh, Georgia's still got an SEC championship game to go, plus Missouri this weekend, plus Ole Miss. 
you've got Florida State that's still got uh, you know an ACC championship game to play. So there's so much that can change. And if you're Alabama right now, seven and one after the early loss to Texas, Justin, you know you're not you're not even looking at this. You're just focused on what's ahead of you. That's LSU. And I said this, you know. When somebody called in about a scenario where Alabama could go 12 and 1, win the SEC and not go to the playoff, I guess that scenario is a possibility, but I'm telling you right now, my belief is 100%. If Alabama wins out, in other words, they went out and go 11 and 1, go to Atlanta, beat Georgia or whomever's in the SEC championship game from the East and go 12 and 1 in the SEC championship, they're not going to get left out. I think what shocked me the most was Oregon being as high as they were. Uh, they had, they had the loss to Washington. They only have one ranked win against a uh, number 18 Utah. I, it confused me why they were up there. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the feeling this year that this is the strongest that the Pac-12 has been in a lot of years. And I think, too, even though they didn't win the game, I think most people that watch that game feel like Oregon's the better team. I think they feel like Oregon is better than Washington. Now, I get it. They didn't beat them. And I'm kind of with you. I I don't know that I would have them six, but I think they're a better football team than Washington. I do. And, but they lost that game. So that's, uh, but I think that is part of it is the, the Pac-12 is really strong this year. You got two good teams. They played down the wire. Let's put Washington five and, and Oregon six. Uh, again, it's, you know, look at Oklahoma. I mean, I know Texas beat Alabama, but Oklahoma beat Texas, you know, and they're behind both of them. So of course they lost to Kansas over the weekend. So it, it is at this point, it's very early in the, in the process, but I think Alabama's right where it needs to be. Listen, if Alabama beats LSU Saturday night, they're going to be viewed differently. Uh, that's just the truth. And if they don't, it's not going to matter anyway. So, um, you know, it is what it is. And for Alabama, uh, that's the, all they need to worry about is LSU. They don't need to be worried about rankings. They don't need to be worried about the SEC championship game. They don't need to be worried about going to Kentucky. Their focus clearly needs to be on this game Saturday night because this is going to be the toughest game of the season against an explosive offense led by a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback, two great wide receivers, terrific tight end, good offensive line, yeah, the defense has been suspect, but they're playing better as of late too. And you know, when you're Alabama and you play LSU, LSU's going to bring it. They're going to you're going to get the best version of LSU that they have, and it's going to be a tough, tough football game on Saturday night. Some other news and notes in the World Series: uh, the Rangers. I think I said I thought we're a better team than Arizona going into the series, and uh, they're now at three games to one. Arizona's proven they're resilient, but it's going to be tough now. They're down. They're down three one. Uh, even if they win game five, they got to go back to Texas for game six and seven. And, um, now, you know, Texas is in a strong position there. They won 11 to seven last night. I hate to say this, but it is what it is. Um, this has been probably, Justin, you tell me if you agree or disagree, but I think this probably in my lifetime, I can't remember a world series with less interest than this one. And that's just my take. No, I think you're right. I've there's been some entertaining moments. I'm not but, saying there haven't been entertaining moments. Yeah. I'm not saying these are not the two best two deserving teams. I'm just saying I I sense a huge disconnect with Arizona and Texas. First of all, Arizona was an 84 win team. Um, they don't they don't have a, you know a lot of tradition anyway. I know they were in the World Series in 2001, beat the Yankees, but uh, they're a relatively new franchise out there in Phoenix Scottsdale area. Texas Rangers, uh, formerly uh, the Washington Senators, and and a team that has been average through most of it. I just it's just I don't think 
TV sets in New York and Boston, Los Angeles and Atlanta and uh, Chicago and St. Louis are tuning into this World Series. I haven't seen the ratings. And here locally, I mean, we've hardly even mentioned it. Yeah. I just don't think there's much no, interest I, in it. I, I you know, the Braves right. have been in it. Let's say you had gotten the Dodgers, um, you know, and, and the Orioles or the Braves and, and the Astros or, uh, you know, some other combinations of the postseason teams that were there. You would have had a much, you know, more focused in terms of the fan interest in the World Series. I just don't sense it at all. No, I, I feel I completely understand. I feel that as well. But, you know, regardless of the format, when it comes down to it, if these uh, markets want to be in the game, you got to win the oh, game. Oh, you got to win your way in. No, like I said, and I think that the Major League Baseball is going to look at this playoff scenario. Uh, obviously, if the Phillies had gotten in, that would have been good. But they're going to have to look at this because it just seems like that the way it's set up, these teams that get in as wild cards have an advantage over the teams that win the division based on the way the playoff structure is, the, the weight that these teams have. And uh, I don't know. Also, and this is just typical Raiders way of doing business, uh, that franchise is just in disarray. There's no other way around it. Uh, they've become a They've become a joke. I know they're in Las Vegas, and they've got that beautiful stadium, and they've got all the history and the tradition, but Mark Davis, Al's son that runs the team, they had the fiasco with um, Mike Mayock and John Gruden, and then they hired Josh McDaniels, and he didn't make it any time, and now they owe him a ton of money. They fired him and the GM last night at midnight, and Antonio Pierce, who is the linebackers coach, is going to be the interim head coach and acting head coach, however you want to refer to it, and he's got limited coaching experience. Um, I think he was with, I'll have to check it, but I think he was with uh, Herm Edwards with that fiasco at, at Arizona State. Uh, but, um, you know, the, the Raiders probably the straw that broke the camel's back was Monday night. I mean, all of the things that we've seen from that organization and team were on display. The Lions dominated them. The final score is not indicative. I think the Raiders had 150 yards of offense. Uh, without a defensive touchdown, this would have been a blowout. Uh, Lions turned it over three times and still won the game comfortably. And and Josh McDaniels, who bombed as the head coach with the Broncos, <coughs> now with the Raiders, seems to be a terrific offensive coordinator when he's with Bill Belichick. The problem now is Bill Belichick's got an offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. But uh, Josh McDaniels is going to get paid a ton of money. It'll be interesting to see what he does. But the Raiders are going to have to start over again. And uh, they're in flux. And... Um, you know, just just a mess. All right, it's nine fifteen here on the Gary Harris Show. Also, uh, Jim McElwain. Uh, we'll we'll uh, I'll get Justin to pull that clip. He addressed the media this morning, and um, because the sign stealer guy evidently was on the sidelines for one of their games, <laughs> and and McElwain says that uh, you know they didn't credential the guy. Not sure how he got there. Uh, they're handling it, but this thing is just just weird now. So we'll get that. McElwain, of course, now is the head coach at Central Michigan, former Florida head coach, former Alabama offensive coordinator, and he had to uh, he had to uh, address the Michigan sign stealer guy today. So we'll have that for you. Also, we'll get out on the first of main condos hotline. Philip is going to be uh, our first caller when we come back on the other side. We're off and running this hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit. It's just a better way of banking, and we'll be back after this. 
As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Osterosco's has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Roscos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Roscos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Roscos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sunny and cool today, Tuscaloosa's high in the middle 50s, around 54. Another freeze likely tonight, fair with a low at 32. For tomorrow and Friday, sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow is 61, the high Friday 67. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 38 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. 920, welcome back in. Uh, we've got Philip leading us off on the first of main condos hotline, then we'll get to Tom. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, Gary. Hey, Gary, it, it'd be interesting to to, um, to see how many fans remember that 1979 game, and, and one of the, the one of the things about that game that uh, that stood out. Uh, I guess two things stood out, and I'm sure you remember know what I'm talking about. 79 down there in the rain in Baton Rouge, uh, three to nothing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. um, let's see, there was a lot that stood out. There wasn't a touchdown. It was a pouring, driving yeah. rainstorm. That was uh, it. Yeah, that was it. Just the score, the three to nothing score and mm-hmm. the driving rain the entire game. Yeah, well, we're um, going to talk to Tommy Wilcox at 10 o'clock. He played in it. So we will. That'll be great. And, um, I remember that game, um, it was it was not on TV. That was back when you might be on TV once a year or twice. Yeah, you yeah, it wasn't on TV. It was at night. Uh, it was horrible weather conditions. Um, Major Ogilvy was hurt, and uh, Coach Bryant. And I'll get Tommy to tell the story. Coach Bryant was really concerned about uh, you know catching punts in the rain, and uh, I can't remember if he told Tommy he was going. He didn't call it punt return. He called it catching punts. I guess he wanted the focus just to be on catching it, and he. Wound up, uh, major wound up catching punts in that game anyway. And, uh, but yeah, just no touchdowns in the game and, and, uh, just, uh, 
weather that was just it was a deluge you know it wasn't a shower it was oh. it was one of those and and you know that that was such a huge win for Alabama because they went you know they went undefeated that year and 12 and 0 and sure and to win that game and, and like I said that was Tommy's first game back in Louisiana after he had uh left uh New Orleans to come to play at Alabama and he wasn't mm-hmm. uh kindly thought of down there and he had uh he had to deal with those uh with those fans so yeah that was uh that was quite a game, and and uh, like you said, man, a different different era. You know, you listened to it on the radio, or you got up Sunday morning and read about it in the paper, but you didn't get to watch it on TV. Yeah, sure didn't. But uh, I didn't mean still Thomas Thunder. I'm sorry. About no, that. you didn't steal any Thunder. That's yeah. a great, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm just saying it's kind of it's kind of uh, neat that we're going to have him uh, that we're going to have him on today. So, oh yeah, well he was he was a great one, and um, one of the best games. Of, uh, I, I think it was, I think it was that year. I, I'd have to go back and look, but is that the same year or was it the next year when Tommy picked off that pass in the end zone against Ole Miss uh, against Mississippi State? Well, actually, John that Bell. was actually that was eighty-one because what happened was um, in eighty. You know, Alabama had the 28-game winning streak. Uh, they were back-to-back national champions going for a third in a row. They were ranked number one, and they went to Jackson to play Mississippi State, and that was a 6-3 to game when Jacobs fumbled, you know, at the two-yard line uh, late in the game, and Alabama lost that one. And of course, then later, unfortunately, they lost to Notre Dame 7 to nothing. But in 81, Mississippi State came back still with a really good team, a really good team. And John Bond, of course, oh, yeah, back at quarterback. Good. And they were, at the, I, I want to say, maybe that game was 13 to 10 or 16. It wasn't much. It wasn't a lot of points in that game. But they were down yeah, inside yeah. the 10-yard line <clears throat> going for the win. And um, Wilcox picked them off and, and ended the game. And Alabama got a little, yeah. bit, of, a little bit of payback. Yep, that was 81. <clears throat> Do you remember who the quarterback was for LSU in the rain in the rain game? I don't remember. Uh, you know, I want to say it was Alan Risher, but I I want to say it was. Uh, but he might have he might have been a little bit after that. I think he was a little mm-hmm. bit. I don't know. I. I don't know. Yeah, I want to say maybe it was Alan Risher, but uh, that's a great question. I'll ask Tommy if he remembers because I can't right off the. I'll try to look it up, but I I can't, and I should know that. I should. I should. uh, Let me see if I can find out real quick because I'm 1979. Let's just see who it says comes up. Um, Well, they had several on the roster, so it was probably either Steve Insminger or David Woodley. According to, they had the most uh, mm-hmm. yards and, and attempts. So I'll see. If, I'll ask Tommy yeah. to see maybe yeah. if he knows who played in that particular game. But they might have played them both. You know, it sounds like both of them played. Yeah, and both yeah. were good quarterbacks. Of course, Steve Ensminger went on to be a longtime SEC coach, and David oh, yeah. Woodley played. You know, with the Dolphins and and uh, in right. the NFL. So yeah, I'll check on that. That was good. Yeah, it was a great show. Great show, man. And uh, Friday, will you be on remote somewhere? You been? I think I'm gonna be in the studio. I uh, talked about maybe doing a remote, but I think right now the plan is to be in the studio, Philip. Gotcha. Got All right, man. All right. Yeah. Hey, appreciate you, Gary. Thank you. All right, let's keep it rolling here with uh, Tom. Good morning, Tom. Gary, I'm I, I'm 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 like jealous of your freaking memory. I'm tired of you rubbing my nose in it. And, uh, <laughs> well, I didn't. I couldn't remember who the quarterback was in 1979. Uh, for I, I, you remembered enough uh, that to make me jealous, carrying on and everything. But hey, I called in the guy that is the spy 
the sign stealing guy that they said was on the sideline with uh, Coach McElwain. Uh, and can I go back to that just for a minute? Yeah, yeah, because we're gonna we're gonna get the clip. We're gonna play it at some point this morning. You think this is absolutely hilarious? <laughs> the whole situation, and starting with the fact that that he is a naval intelligence officer, graduated from the Naval Academy, went into the Marines, come out. He's in naval. Uh, was in naval intelligence. Took those skills. Applied them to stealing signs in college football, and then clandestine action going on the sideline without being detected. Nobody knew who was credential, and you, you know I got a story about that if you want to hear it. Yeah, go ahead. You remember? You remember Alabama playing uh, Southern Miss uh, when Coach Fran was here at Birmingham on a Thursday night. Yeah, because it got uh, postponed for nine eleven. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, played it in, the, in early, after the Iron Bowl, and it was a pouring down rainstorm in that one over yeah, Birmingham. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I snuck down on the sideline of uh, Southern Miss, and uh, so I was down there with the team, and uh, and I I said to myself, I said I'm going to do it because tonight the weather's bad and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be hard for them to, you know. Everybody's down there with rain gear on and all like that. Well, I got caught three times. The third time they put me out of the stadium. And uh, I was thinking about that when I heard about him uh, coming up and getting getting able to get in on the sideline with McElwain and his thing. What is it, Central Michigan? Yeah, Central Michigan. <clears throat> and uh, But do you find all this hilarious that, that some guy with the uh, former naval intelligence is doing all this, and, and and did you read the article about him? Did a six hundred page manifesto that uh, that somebody found from Sports Illustrated found, and it was a plan of how he was going to take over uh, Michigan football. Have you seen that? No, story? I haven't. I haven't. I, as I said, exactly. I have not followed this as closely probably as some people have. Uh, Connor Stallions is the. Is the name of the the, the guy twenty eight yeah, years old? Yeah, that's and, him. Uh, but I yeah I need to probably this thing is just kind of taking a life of its own. Well, but just I, from a just a pure entertainment thing. Yeah, I tell you what, Tom, let's uh, let's play the clip before we get to the break. Uh, this is this is Jim McElwain today. Uh, or actually yesterday, uh, afternoon addressing the fact that Stallions was reportedly, or, or I don't know if it's even reportedly, I think they've, they've confirmed that he was on the sidelines for the season opening Central Michigan, Michigan State game. And here's Jim McElwain responding to, uh, to that. You know, before we go any farther, uh, we've obviously are aware of a picture floating around, so with the, the, uh, the sign stealer guy. Um, you know, our people are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of it. Um, we're unaware, totally unaware of it. Uh, I certainly don't condone it, uh, in any way, shape or form. And, uh, you know, I do know that his name was on none of the passes that were let out. Um, now we just keep tracing it back and tracing it back and try to figure it out. But it's in good hands with our people. Um, and again, uh, you know, there, there's there's no place in football for that. 
All right, Tom, that's what uh, Macklin had to say. And yeah, again, I, yeah, I just don't. But, uh, hey, the, the, funny, why, the funny thing out of, out of that organization is the lady that's the athletic director. And uh, she went off about it then uh, because she was asked who that was, who credentialed the guy and all this kind of stuff. She didn't have a clue. And, and it was hilarious. But uh, this guy is like blowing my mind uh, using all the skills he learned in the military to do all this. That's what's funny to me. Yeah, it's uh, he's he's learned uh, espionage and he's applying it to college football. Weird, weird story. <laughs> hey, thank is you, that, Tom. Crazy. It is. All right, right it's 9.30. We'll get to the break, and uh, we'll come back with uh, Matt Coulter on NASCAR. One race to go, and we'll crown a uh, series champion for 2023. And I got a big victory with Ryan Blaney winning at Martinsville. So we'll discuss the final race coming up at Phoenix and all the stuff going on with NASCAR getting ready to have its Super Bowl. And uh, that's coming up next right here on the Gary Harris Show. Built to win. Touchdown, Alabama. Built for championships. Throws intercepted Alabama. Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide take on LSU at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Our coverage begins at 3.30 on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. Hi. Want to jump into any of the shows? Call Tide 100.9 right now at 205-342-9904. Will somebody answer that damn phone? That's 205-342-9904. Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes. The flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the 933, finish, the welcome back to the Gary Harris Show. It's time for the NASCAR statement with Matt Coulter. And uh, it all comes down to this. we got one race to go. The final four is set uh, for Phoenix. And uh, again, I mean, you got four guys running for a championship. And I think they're probably the the favorites, one of those four to win the race, too. But it is open up to the other drivers as well. And so that's what, again, is unique about NASCAR is you have your Super Bowl or your playoffs, but you have teams that aren't in the playoffs also competing. It's uh, it's unique to NASCAR in that regard. you got guys that are running races that aren't uh, – aren't competing for the championship but it's down to the final four now matt coulter is uh with us as always to talk about it from big noon sports and matt and laura's podcast and i'm still um i'm still celebrating my victory with ryan blaney man it's got it's it's given me uh my third one of the year i'm now just down to you four three matt and i got a chance if i can pick a winner on on sunday to tie you up and then uh, as jeff payton has kept the stats i've got more top tens more top fives so i'm uh, i'm feeling pretty good this morning well, good for you. I imagine that uh, Ryan Blaney is feeling bad either. Um, good call, by the way. Just, just a great call. Didn't expect you to make that one, but boy, you were spot on. Pretty good race. Uh, I thought it was a great you know, race, Jay yeah. Kelly Mel- <clears throat> had a chance to win this dang Sure thing. did. Uh, you know, uh, others did as well, but when it came right down to it, uh, they had fresh tires. They was able enabled the 12 car to get to the front and win the whole race. So now we're down to the big four going to Phoenix. 
and you get to pick first. And it happened. What we thought uh, we talked about could happen. We've got uh, we got all the young guns. There's all uh, all these drivers are in their twenties. Uh, Blaney, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, William Byron. You know, we don't have a Truex Jr. We don't have a Kyle Busch. We don't have a Keselowski. We unfortunately don't have a Harvick uh, in his last year. We don't have any of, 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 well, these, I mean, listen, Larson and, and, and uh, Blaney are veterans, but they're young veterans. I mean, we got the, we got the young guns, Matt, and that's just the way that sports works. And, uh, you know, Hamlin had that win. Uh, where was it he had the Saturday night? Was that, um, Bristol where he won and, and, and said this was his year? I believe so. Yeah, and he was pretty I bold and so. confident. But I'm beginning to think that that's just not going to be in the cards for for Hamlin. As good as he is, uh, fifty plus wins. I don't know that uh, a championship's in the cards for him, Matt. You have to start kind of feeling that way now that he's in his forties. Well, I still think he has a shot. I, you know, I know you and I are probably not the biggest fans, but just due to his longevity and the number of races he's won, been pretty good for the sport. I'd, I'd like to see him win one, but I know one thing: it's not going to be in twenty twenty three. What about uh, you know the they they moved the championship final race to Phoenix a few years ago? I always liked it at Homestead, Miami. Um, give us uh, you know we watch it, but tell us about this track. Uh, what what how do the I mean obviously it must be a highly thought off track to get to host this final race. I'm not the biggest fan of Phoenix. But the drivers are. Uh, the drivers love that track, and uh, I think they may like Miami more. So that might be where they end up finishing it. But, you know, they bounce it around, and that's their prerogative. But, you know, Phoenix is really kind of set up originally for open wheels and Indy cars. And uh, it's it's flat. And that that puts a whole new spin on, on racing there because, you know, face it, uh, NASCAR series doesn't race on many flat tracks so that makes it different uh also gary you remember just a couple of years ago we would argue over who get the pick first because harvick would just win yeah he I mean, owned he that track dominated that he track. owned it hey i want to correct one thing i said matt um and i because i thought i got to thinking about it i said kyle larson's been out there a long time let me check he is yeah. uh he is 31 he is uh yeah. he's 31 blaney's 29 uh, Bell is 28 and Byron is 25. So the young, the young guns. So anyway. Golly, it seems like just a, <laughs> earlier this year, William Byron was racing trucks and he was barely had a driver's license. I know. I know. Well, let's get to it. Um, championship four. And I get the first pick, as you said. And listen, I think all four of these guys have been fabulous this year. There's a reason they're the final four. Uh, I think any of them could win it. Uh, they're, they're all good drivers. They're all with good teams. They all have good pit crews. I mean, it is what it is. There's a reason they're still standing. But Blaney came through for me at, uh, at Martinsville with a huge win. And Penske's going for back-to-back championships because uh, Logano, who's kind of an afterthought this year too, uh, won it last year. And I tell you what, they're hot. And and I know it was a short track, but man, they were really good on on Sunday. Man, that car was just in, able to maneuver through traffic on a short track like that, and and have such a good car and have all this momentum and you and I have discussed you know his best friend is is Chase Elliott and 
I think they're equal in talent. It's just that Blaney has not had the same results. Uh, but now I think it's his time. And when it's your time, uh, it's your time. And I'm so you probably weren't going to pick Blaney anyway. So I'm leaving. I'm, I'm kind of opening up the field for you, but I'm just kind of going with my gut here. And also I'd like to see him win it. So it's, it's, it's kind of a double whammy for me. I, I'm going to be pulling for him probably either way. Um, and I get the first pick. He's hot. Um, and I think they're going to do it. So I'm taking, I'm taking Ryan Blaney. <clears throat> Something told me that you would do that. It's not a bad pick. I mean, who is a bad pick? Right. At this point, they're well, all, William, yeah. William Byron had six wins. Yeah. Six year. wins. He does. Blaney and, had three and he got doubled up by, by, uh, by Byron. That's how good he's been. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's kind of been all year long, kept winning and winning. That you give a lean towards William Byron, but I'm gonna go with a chalk on this one. I'm gonna go with the Cape veteran. I'm gonna go Kyle Larson. I've looked it up in a lot of different ways, and uh, most odds makers have him as the, the pick to win the race and to uh, win the overall tribe championship. So I'm gonna go with the number five Chevrolet and see what happens. All right, you got the five, I got the 12, and um, and of course that means that either Bell or Byron will probably win it, but uh, yeah, you're right. or well, how about a non-playoff guy? Yeah, you know, and that's that's what I'm saying. They're going to be out there running too. I, I don't see that happening. I see the winner coming from one of the one of the the final four, but you never know. Like you said, Harvick's final race at a track that he absolutely loves. So wouldn't that be something? Yeah, it would. You know who might win it? Joey Logano, because even though he's not in the in the race, he doesn't mind pushing people. No, around. Logano will. You know, he and he and Bush you know, I've, both. I've kind of turned my tune on him. I I think that Denny Hamlin may have been right. Of course, I can't repeat what Hamlin said. <laughs> well, and he wore him out. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Um, well, without using the the. The, the language just kind of remind uh, the the listeners what you're referring to, so they'll know. Uh, Logano was, was pushing too hard. I give things back down. I mean, it's a short track, okay? You're going to come back down on people, and so Logano just promptly pushed him right into the corner and and it almost wrecked Hamlin. And that's how he got involved in this, talking about what a you know what a nice guy Joe Logano was. But uh, I thought it very interesting, and I'm not going to tell you that I saw this because I was at a Little League game. But apparently, at the very last lap, Ty Gibbs was a lap down, but Legato was coming up on him, and Gibbs got off the throttle just to let Legato pass so he could dump him. And Legato, the big baby, he wouldn't pass him. He let other cars pass him, but other cars pass him, but he would not pass Ty Gibbs. So. Yeah, Logano's not. Uh, if you had a list of um, guys that aren't well liked out there, he probably would top it right now. I think you're right because and it was, Hamlin's never really liked him. They've always kind of been at odds. But yeah. you're right. Following Martinsville, uh, we were on the radio. You're right. We can't say it on the radio, but Hamlin basically said that Joe Logano is just not a good person, <laughs> and uh, there you go. He, he's just not a he's just not a nice human being, and uh, he didn't quite <laughs> use. Uh, 
Can you imagine if that's what Hamlin said on his radio? Hey, that 42 is not a very nice guy. <laughs> well, he did it in racing language, so yeah, we have to keep yes, it. But, but yeah, you know, the thing about Logano that's, you know, everybody's always, you know, talked about it, that smile and the, you know, great with the media and, but boy, on the track, he's just, um, he doesn't care. You're right. I mean, he's looking out for 22. I mean, even, you know, even he and Keselowski, I think, um, rubbed each other the wrong way and they were teammates, you know? They were teammates. You're right. They did. So, but, uh, but you're right. If he's got a chance Ty, to win. Ty Gibbs didn't stop everybody's Christmas card list either. So. No, no. Well, listen, well, let's be clear on this. I mean, now you talk about Lugano and Gibbs. Ty Gibbs is not even in the same league as Joey Logano as a driver now. Let's be no, clear I'm, on I'm that. I'm talking about his. his no, car. I know. I'm talking about, but you know, he's, he's, you said he wanted to dump Logano and Logano wouldn't let him, but, but Ty Gibbs has got the same type of reputation. He may be there at some point, but he's, he's still learning his way right now. Cause you say what you want about Joey Logano. Joey Logano, hey, listen, winning one championship is nice. Once you win two, you, you, you distinguish yourself from, I mean, Logano is, you know, whether people like him or not, he is a, he is a top level driver. That's why I'm surprised oh, yeah. that they had the year they had coming off the championship. He only won, what he won one race, Matt, and didn't get past the round, early. round of 12 or something like that. Maybe yeah. I don't think he made it to eight. No, he didn't make it to eight. So that's surprising. But listen, uh, he and Hamlin, uh, one thing about Hamlin, um, I don't think Joey wants to tie up with Denny. I, I, I would take, I, now, I, off the track, if they, I'd, I'd take, I'd take, uh, Hamlin in a heartbeat in that one, wouldn't you? Yeah, probably <laughs> so. I don't know. Logano doesn't seem like the fight. No, at all. That's what I'm saying. I, I think he, he, he needs to try to deal with Denny in a, uh, verbal manner. He doesn't need to get physical with him. He might get hurt, but. Hey, that's something though. You know what? You that's know, a, they that, now they text each other. That's oh, a, fine. That's yeah, yeah, that's a sidebar story though, because you know, you got two veteran drivers, you know, two of the best out there and, and, uh, Hamlin's not happy and neither one of them are, are racing for a championship and Hamlin wants to win the race and so does Agano, but late in that race, if, if neither one are in contention, uh, or if, if Hamlin happens to not be in contention and Logano is, <laughs> that might be a time for a little payback. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, uh, go ahead and throw Ty Gibbs into the, into yeah. the because, uh, he's got a chance to dump Logano. I bet he does. Oh, he I mean, will. Cause even though he's young, uh, he's a little bit privileged too coming up through the, the Gibbs family. He doesn't necessarily have the respect for the older drivers. Maybe that some other younger guys would, um, you know, and he, you're right. If he gets a chance at at, uh, at Logano, he will he will take it. But inside that car, I don't think Joey Joey asked. You know, he doesn't give any quarter, and I don't think he asked for any. So I'm sure he'll be I'm sure he'll be ready for it. Yeah, he will. And you know what I hope really happens? I hope Kevin Harvick wins. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, him, All right. Well, let let just him. just for 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 uh, clarification's sake, obviously, if a non if a non Final four driver wins the race, then it is just strictly then the champion will be based on the highest finisher. There's no other yeah, formula, I right? Answer to this, yeah, yeah, because they're starting everything all over again. I guess in terms of points, though, there are points. Why don't you ask me that question, Gary? Because I can't answer. Well, I don't know myself. I'm I think it would it be, be simply. But you're right, though. There's stages too if they do it. Because like, let's say Harvey wins the race, would it simply be well, right? Blaney finished third, Larson finished fifth, and and Byron finished eighth, and Bell finished eleventh. So Blaney wins the championship. Or would there be other 
uh, factors that go into that. Maybe Jeff Payton can check on that. And, and That's text exactly him. what I was thinking. You'll know the answer here in about five minutes. Yeah, he can he can text me. But for the record, you've got uh, Larson. I've got Blaney winning the race. So that ultimately means we've got them for the championship too. Absolutely. Yeah. Although I think, I don't know, William Byron will now probably win it all. But um, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, I'm looking forward to your next guest, one of my all-time favorite Crimson Tiders. So get Tommy on. Yeah. All right, Matt. Well, what you got coming up on uh, Big News Sports? Well, we, we talk a whole lot about Alabama and LSU. I mean, that, that's the talk. Alabama, you know, they got to win. They're eighth in the power ranking. Uh, they win, they continue, they lose, and uh, he's just not lost, but uh, some of their biggest goals are. So anyway, we'll talk about that, and uh, we'll be on from noon until 2 right here on Tide 100.9. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Justin. Thanks, Matt. All right, that's for the NASCAR segment, and uh, it all comes down to Phoenix on Sunday. And speaking of Jeff Payton, who keeps us uh, keeps us keeps up with the NASCAR for us, he also found an article on the Alabama LSU nineteen seventy nine game, and Tide escapes at LSU three nothing, and uh, it looks like that Ensminger was the guy who who was the main quarterback in that game. So Steve Ensminger, who of course went on to be a Offensive coordinator at LSU and at Auburn and uh, longtime coach was also a terrific quarterback. Bama wins at 3 nothing in a pouring rainstorm, and we'll visit with Tommy Wilcox about that coming up here in the second hour. All right, it is 949 here on the program. In the next segment, we got time for phone calls on the First Domain Condos hotline, 205-342-9904. Hey, a reminder that uh, in communities across the nation, the Y is a leading voice on health and well-being, including right here in West Alabama. We bring families closer together, encourage good health, and foster connections through fitness, sports, and fun. As a result... Millions of youth, adults, and families are receiving support, guidance, and resources needed to achieve greater health for their spirit, mind, and body. Go by and visit the YMCA of of Tuscaloosa today at 2300 13th Street or call them at 205-345-9622 or find out more at ymcatuscaloosa.org. We're back after this. Coming up next on the Stingray Show. A New York Times best-selling author, columnist, and reporter for ESPN.com, Mark Slayball, will join us on the Wednesday edition of the Stingray Show to talk a little college football and, of course, college basketball because college basketball is about to tip off here very, very soon. Make sure you catch Mark Slayball on the next edition of the Stingray Show on Wednesday evening. Tune into the Stingray Show Wednesday night from 6 to 7 p.m. on Tide 100.9. Don't miss your 2011 Billy Sports Grill located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions in both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sunny and cool today. Tuscaloosa's high in the middle 50s, around 54. Another freeze likely tonight, fair with a low of 32. For tomorrow and Friday, sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow is 61, the high Friday 67. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 39 degrees in Tuscaloosa. 
You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 954, welcome back in, and uh, Jeff Payton wasted no time with a clarification on the championship four. There's no bonus points involved. It's basically a match race. The highest finisher of the four drivers will be declared the NASCAR points champion, period. If uh, Obviously, if one of them wins the race, they win the race and win the championship, if uh, it is a non-points contender, non-playoff contender that wins the race, it would simply be the highest finisher. So if somebody else wins the race and uh, Larson finishes third and the other fin- finisher or, or playoff contenders finish behind him, Larson would be the champion. That's how it works. All right, we're going to jump out on the first of Main Condos hotline and uh, spend a couple minutes with Pat before we close out this first hour. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Gary. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Alabama needing both style points on both uh, offense and defense, especially on defense uh, in the upcoming games uh, in order to make the college football playoffs. I feel like that if we went out and do what we need to do in Atlanta against Georgia, that and if we can score some touchdowns on defense, that they will have an absolutely uh, extremely difficult time keeping us out of the playoffs. Do you not agree? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think Alabama, if it takes care of its business, uh, is going to be in the playoff. I really, really do. Now, there's a lot of work that has to be done for that to happen. I mean, you got to win Saturday night, and you got to win three more games, and and then you got to get to Atlanta and 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 win there. But if Alabama does what it's capable of doing and, and wins the SEC championship and is 12 and one. You're not going to tell me that they're not. I, I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, a 12 and one SEC champion, in my opinion, is going to be in the playoff. I, I, you know, but like I said, I still believe we've got to get style points. I, I, do, I don't, Pat. I, I don't think there's no. I don't think there's any such thing as style points. If you go 12 and one and you you win these next five games, that's all the style points you need. How you win shouldn't matter. I mean, if you're if you're if you if you beat LSU on Saturday night and then you win and beat Kentucky, Chattanooga, and Auburn, and either Georgia, or Missouri, or you know whoever it is in the SEC championship game, I, what kind of style points do you need? I mean, your your style points would be your record. I guess that I'm, I'm just I'm just concerned that Washington could win out in their uh, division, and that oh you know, oh Lord sake that uh, you know, if Florida State wins out that uh, and. If you got four undefeated teams ahead of Alabama, yeah, that could be a problem. But I don't see that happening. I, I just don't. Listen, Washington's very fortunate to be undefeated now, in my opinion. Uh, Michigan and Ohio State are going to play each other. Um, you know, if if you were to get to the SEC championship and beat Georgia, that would knock them out as far as being undefeated. So I I just don't see there being four undefeated teams. Could it happen? I guess, yeah, as long as there's five out there, there's possible that four would be undefeated, but I don't think that that's going to happen. It's uh, We've never had that happen, so again, all you, you're right, Pat, all you can do is take care of your business. Uh, do, would it be nice if they went out and beat LSU by 20? Yeah, but I mean, if they beat LSU by one, to me, that's going to be good enough. Oh, yeah. Man, I uh, win some win. Uh, Ali said if you win by one or you win by a thousand, you still won. That's right. And uh, so I know you got to go to the top of the hour here. Yeah, uh, yeah I got to get going, Pat. 
Yeah, man. Have a blessed day. Thank you. Always a pleasure to hear from you. All right, that's going to wrap it up from hour number one here. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Join today and feel good about your money. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. We'll be back with hour number two. We'll get it started with Tommy Wilcox going down memory lane, Alabama LSU, and also talking about the uh, hunting and fishing laws program coming up next week at the Tuscaloosa County Courthouse Annex at, uh, at 10 and then at 1030. Uh, we will talk with uh, Sam Marsky, former Yankees pitcher, about all the good stuff that's going on at baseball country. Hour number two is on the way. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Dan Byer. It was late Tuesday night that the Las Vegas Raiders fired head coach Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler. It was today that the Raiders also dismissed offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. That's according to a report from SI's Albert Breer. Former NFL linebacker Antonio Pierce, who was the Raiders linebackers coach, will serve as the team's interim head coach for the rest of the season. A report from ESPN says the Arizona Cardinals front office is being described as a hostile work environment. Current and former employees under owner Michael Bidwell described a negative environment with Bidwell fostering a, quote, hostile and intimidating environment, end quote, full of his own tirades. Eagles send wide receiver Julio Jones to their active roster. Game four of the World Series went to the Rangers over the Diamondbacks, 11-7. Texas now leads the series three games to one. Game five tonight. Nathan Avaldi goes up against Zach Allen. You'll see it on Fox. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. A red flag alert in effect for all of North Alabama. That's till 7 tonight. Outdoor burning is highly discouraged. There's also a freeze warning for tonight. It begins at 10 p.m., runs through 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. TPD and UAPD are reporting that the safety precautions put into effect for Alabama home weekend football games has proven to be effective. Arrests are down. 20-year-old Taiwan Long charged with the murder of 22-year-old Jalen Reed in a shooting in the Vultures Ralph community yesterday morning in southwest Tuscaloosa County. For the latest local news in Tuscaloosa, Alabama Sports Updates. And severe weather information. Download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news. And sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. 
The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama Sports, and Sports Director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. Hour number two, the Gary Harris Show is on the air right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Gary Harris, Justin Jones, Noah Haynes with you for another hour. And we're going to jump out here on the First of Main Condos hotline with Tommy Wilcox to lead us off in just a moment. First, though, I need to tell you, as always, this second hour being brought to you by Patterson Comer. Attorneys at Law, Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, are dedicated to serving our clients. Integrity and excellence are the driving force behind the firm and its staff. I can vouch for these gentlemen. If you want uh, a personal injury attorney that's on the ground here in West Alabama, we'll be with you through the entire process, even if you have to go to court. One of those guys will represent you in the courtroom. I think that's crucial when you're involved in uh, litigation. These are the guys to go with. Uh, the commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Contact Paul in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000 or Mike in Northport at 205-759-3939 and find out more at pattersoncomerlawfirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And as promised, we're going to jump out on the first of Maine Condos hotline. It's a big week for Alabama football against LSU. Tommy Wilcox played in uh, four of those matchups. Uh, Alabama winning three of them until his senior year, and they dropped a 20-10 to 10 decision in Birmingham to LSU. And also, of course, 20 years now, the host of uh, Tommy Wilcox Outdoors and also going to be uh, involved in uh, as he's been for the last several years with Judge Gay Lake's hunting and fishing laws update coming up next Tuesday, November 7th at the Tuscaloosa County Courthouse Annex. And uh, we'll talk more about that in, in just a moment as well. So a lot to cover with Tommy. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? Morning, Gary. Thanks for having me, man. Great. I uh, definitely want to get to this hunting and fishing laws update that's become uh, such a big part of the community every year since 1982. Brought to you by Bryant Bank, and uh, we'll get to that. And uh, also, uh, I want to talk a little a little football, too, with you while we've got you, because this is a big week. Uh, I know you played in some big games in your four years, uh, five years at Alabama, four years as a player, one year red shirt, but probably none were bigger for you than LSU, having grown up in New Orleans and went to Bonneville High School and, and spurned LSU, and your dad having played at Tulane, you already had a rivalry with them, and uh, uh, so that was, a, that was a big game for you. It was, man. We... we uh... You know, to all the people that uh, came from the state of Alabama and went to Alabama, Auburn was their their rival. So I uh, I used to tell those all those guys, I said, well, this is kind of my rival, man. Well, you know, leaving the state, I wanted to make sure that that I left the state for a good reason, and 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 that that was a good reason coming to play for Coach Bryant and. At least being on a couple national championship teams, uh, so it was well worth the trip out of Louisiana to come up here. But uh, as you as you said uh, rightly, my dad played at Tulane, so we were always brought up to not like LSU because my dad and him never could beat LSU. Too. LSU used to just spank Tulane every year. My dad never forgot about it. You know? Yeah, and, and uh, you didn't either, and you wind up at Alabama. We've already talked this week and this morning about the 1979 game because 
Uh, that probably is the most memorable in your time there because Alabama went 12 and 0, won the national championship. It was your first time back in Louisiana after leaving, uh, to come play for Alabama. LSU fans, uh, remembered that and they had, uh, quite a homecoming waiting for you. And then it's a pouring rainstorm, a uh, horrible yeah. conditions, no touchdowns in the game. But when you look back on it, that was a huge win because if you don't win that one, uh, you don't go undefeated, and and that was a game that could have gone either way. Uh, what do you remember in addition to the the, the rain, Tommy? Uh, there was so much that happened in that game for it to only be three nothing from Major being right. hurt and who was going to catch punts before the game to uh, yeah. trying try to take care of the ball in wet conditions, trying to make sure that you protected that that three nothing lead. Uh, just you know, what do you recall from that game? Uh, you know, it was just a crazy night. I, you know, Coach Bryant before the game would always call out the starters and who was kicking, who was receiving the, the ball and all that stuff. And I mean, like you said, it was a downpour all day, all night. Not just a little rain. I mean, old big old ice cube sized raindrops falling down. And, and I, the only thing I kept saying to myself is, please, Lord, don't let him name me to catch punch that night. <laughs> sure enough, man. Catch and punch Wilcox. And I go to myself, oh, Lord, something else I got to worry about. Because uh, it's, it's hard enough to catch punch when there is no rain. You know, those guys kick the ball so high. And, and you got a little wind in the stadium. That makes it tough. And uh, But fortunately... I was able to catch everyone and not fumble. Yeah, yeah, because a fumble in that game could have cost yeah, you the game. Yeah, yeah. I it think could have uh, cost you the game. And, and you know, as the wishbone, you know what LSU was doing all night. They were overloading their defense to the wide side of the field, making us have to audible into the short side of the field all night. So that even made it tougher on the offense because the the, the wishbone was such a ball handling yeah. offense. Pitching you know, there the ball. was a lot of chances yet. To, so they did that to us. And you know, you're trying to run the option to the short side of the field. There's with it raining, you're not being able to cut and all that. So it made it tough on the offense. So it was. It was a, uh, you know, defense, we loved it, man. You love playing in the rain on defense because, you know, they, those guys couldn't juke you and all that kind of stuff. You know, you can, you can lay your ears back on them, but, but for the offense, you, you just can't do that. So it was a, uh, it was just a ball control, field position control type win. And, uh, we were lucky enough to get out of there with a three nut win and man to us it was like a 40 nothing win because uh uh playing at tiger stadium is a tough place to play you know and uh we got a w and went on to win the national championship so that was a big win for us yeah and you think about the pressure on you catching punts like you said handling the ball in the option game try not to turn it over and then zero zero at halftime and and alan mcelroy uh, had the only points and it's a 27 yard field goal. So the offense did a good job of getting him down there. Normally you would say a 27 yard field goal is a chip shot, but think about that. You had to, the snapper yeah. had to, 
had to snap it right. The holder had to catch it right, get it down, and McElroy had to kick it through. That was by no means a gimme, was it, Tommy? No, no. And I don't know why Allen didn't fall on his back after kicking it, you know, because it was a slippery field that night. So uh, nothing was a given when it rains that hard for that long. And uh, another thing I remember is every, you know, a lot of people had signs and banners against me, you know. And oh, I remember yeah. my high school, my high school coaches, and of course my brother was always involved in that. If anybody said anything wrong about me, you know, and they were climbing fences trying to pull sides. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think now, is, and I've mentioned this on the air before, but was it true? There's a there's a rumor that they actually put together a you know, a, a scarecrow-type figure and put a 15 jersey on it and, and, and burned it? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't have seen that. Yeah. That would have had to have been outside the yeah, stadium. Yeah, outside the stadium. But that, that, that's, that's, yeah. in, that's, that's, that's the rumor. Or maybe but they, I do know they had some signs inside the stadium, and my high school coach literally climbed up a fence there to, to get up to the top of it to get it you know, where they had sections divided to tear it down. So, yeah, it, it was it was pretty cool for me because we we did have a great football team, and uh, there was no doubt I thought we were going to win the football game. It was just a, a matter of could we could we stop them, you know, yeah. in, in the rain and all that stuff. Well, and, you know, too, uh, there was no overtime in those days. So you had to get points on the board. Yeah. So zero, zero yeah. would have been the end of the game. <laughs> you know? Right, right. That's and, right. And, and Alabama, you know, moved the ball pretty well. I looked up the stats. That you, uh, of course, like you said, Whitman had a big day because he didn't want to pitch it much. And he had 95 right. yards on 22 carries. Major, uh, who played through, a, I guess, a, Tommy, you told me before he was really hurt and didn't know if he could play, I guess, an abdominal injury and still had 76 yeah. yards. Yeah. Tough as nails. And then Stedman ran 25 times for 62 yards. So Alabama ran for 252, and you held LSU to 164 yards of total offense, and they only crossed the 50 twice. Yeah. So I, I know they didn't have much because, you know, they were kind of a throwing team, too. Mm-hmm. I forgot who. I think they might have had Woodley there. And yeah, Woodley and Ensminger. And uh, those guys could throw the football, but they couldn't that night. That's I right. mean, nobody could throw the ball that night. <laughs> Yeah. Like I said, that's a, that's a defensive game. That's what a that's what a defensive player wishes for is is it to come a pour down rain where it's you know all you can do is you we know you're coming at us. Here we are. Who's gonna let's see who's gonna knock who off the ball and uh, and you know we had a great offensive line. So, yeah. Yeah, one one more note to on McElroy. I just was reminded of this because I'm reading about about some information on the game. Talking about the pressure that he had, he had missed two prior field goal attempts. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to ask you that. I said I thought we got down there a few other times, uh-huh. yeah, and we came away with nothing. You know? Yeah, they weren't long. He missed he missed one from 28 in the first half, and then missed one from 39. So he had the added pressure of having already missed two, but that was Coach Bryant. You know, he had confidence in you. He, yeah. he ran him back out there, and even though Alabama was inside the 10, he didn't want to risk going for it, and he put it on his foot, and, man, what a what a win. And uh, real quickly, what do you think about I know you're busy with your show, but what do you think about the game this weekend? It's another, it's another big one between Alabama and LSU. It always is, man. It seems like, you know, even if if things are not going – 
real good for us or LSU during the season. Uh, it always seems toward the end of the year, everybody finds their game, and and it's always going to be a, a really tough battle. It's, it's a great rivalry between the two states. Uh, you know, LSU's always wanted to be as good as Alabama. I can remember back when I was coming out of Louisiana. You know, they hated Alabama because we just won so much. And, and they, 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 in the back of their mind, I think they admired our school, but man, they hated us. They were jealous of us. And I, I, I think it's still to today, man, they want to beat us so bad, want to beat us so bad. And, uh, they're going to come ready to play too. So, uh, they always play their best and we, we tend to play our best. And I guess the team that makes the, least mistakes will wind up winning this thing this weekend yeah it ought to be another classic that's for sure so what's your uh what's your prediction oh i think alabama's gonna win i just uh i don't have a score prediction but uh, i think we're 10 points uh better than those guys uh when it comes down to it I know Bama fans will take that right now. They take yeah. a 10-point win. Yeah. So, got to slow yeah. down that offense. That's going to be the challenge. All I right. Know. Let's I get know. to Tommy Wilcox outdoors. When we started this back in 2003, uh, did you ever think you'd still be doing it 20 years later? I didn't, Gary. I tell you, I've been awfully blessed, man. And I, I, I thank God every day that, especially when I'm going down the street, and I see these poor guys out there pouring asphalt, filling holes, and, stuff like that. I thank him for letting me be able to do something I love to do and that's hunting and fishing and uh, be able to do that and make a living at it. Oh, well, you have. Uh, it's It's been one of the most successful hunting and fishing shows, television shows really in the history of the outdoors. There haven't, been, there haven't been many that have made it for 20 years. And because of that, you've had some incredible adventures and you've also uh, been involved in in conservation and, and talking with people. And in the last several years, you got involved with Judge Galeg's hunting and fishing laws update that he does. He's been doing since 1982. And uh, used to do it in October, and then with the deer season being pushed back a little bit, which has been a good thing, um, it's been pushed back to November. But the latest one is coming up this coming Tuesday night, November 7th, at uh, 6.30 p.m. at the Tuscaloosa County Courthouse Annex Extension, uh, Annex Building Extension Auditorium. It's free to the public, and, uh, man, this is a huge event. Tommy, tell us more about it, please. Yeah, and we really need to get kids involved. It's like I said, Judge Lake gosh, a long time ago, decided to do this for the community, and it's free. And and we try to update the community on any law changes uh, so nobody gets in trouble. And uh, there's always new rules and new laws and all that kind of stuff. And, we, and then plus, just from a safety aspect, we want to make sure everybody – you know, wears orange, has flashlights coming in and out of the woods and, 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 and now we, they, they all have, they have an app now that, that allows you to go on to Alabama wildlife and put in all your information and pay for your license. So you don't have to go to a store to, to get all that done. And then, you know, if you stop, you just pull the app up on your iPhone and, and, and show them that, uh, you have a, uh, license to hunt a fish. So, 
technology's making a little bit better. Uh, we're just trying to get the word out and uh, trying to get kids more involved in it because we're losing so many kids to hunting and fishing. And, uh, you know, gosh, our generation, once we go, I mean, who's going to pick up the, the, the slack for conservation and and all that kind of stuff. So we're really, we, I talked with Terry Brewer at the, at the board of Tuscaloosa. We're trying to get the word out to all the high schools, uh, to everybody to come on out. And we got free pizza, free sandwiches. We're going to have Buffalo Rock, you know, donating all the drinks. Uh, Brian Bank has sponsored this thing for a lot of years. And we want to thank Claude Edwards for doing that. Um, and we just ask everybody to come on out and join us. Uh, Daniel Moore's got some 2024 calendars that we're giving away with. We got all kind of other uh, tackle boxes and fishing reels and rods and all kind of other giveaways that we're going to be giving to uh, people that come out. So please uh, put Tuesday the 7th down on your calendar, 6.30 p.m., and if, if, uh, just remember the big county courthouse in Tuscaloosa County Sheriff's Department, we're right across the street. So you can park in that parking lot and walk right in the back of the annex right there. And, uh, you'll see all our cars and all the wildlife people's trucks and you'll know you're in the right place. Yeah, folks, easy access behind the courthouse and park there and just walk across to the, County Annex Building, Extension Systems Auditorium, 6.30. Tommy has already laid it out for you. It's um, it's free. There are door prizes. There's food. Chance to visit with people who uh, love the outdoors like you do. Get caught up on all the, the, the law uh, changes. And uh, and also, Tommy, like you said, the future of the outdoors is uh, is uh, very, very important. And we got to have people, like you said, stewards to carry it on. And that's one thing about outdoorsmen. I know there's a lot of, uh, when you do a hunting and fishing show, everybody doesn't like seeing, you know, hunting and fishing shows and seeing, you know, deer, uh, and, and certain animals being harvested. But at the same time, I've found in my experience with you that it's these outdoorsmen that care as much about the environment or more than anybody and, and work to take care of it. So like you said, so it will be here for generations in the future. That's right. When you buy a hunting and fishing license, we are paying for this conservation. We are paying, uh, you know, to make sure that when our grandkids get old, there'll be deer and turkey around. We're paying to make sure our waters are clean and, and not littered with junk. I mean, when you buy a hunting and fishing license, you do, you're doing a lot more than just having the opportunity to hunt a fish. You're paying, we're paying for the game wardens. We're paying for, for people to go up to the legislature in Montgomery and tell them, Hey, we want this and we want that. And, and these are the rules we need to have. Now we don't always get the laws and stuff we want because we, we have so many people that, that are, like you said, that are, uh, negative towards hunting and fishing, but the majority of of things that we need to to make sure that they'll be gained here for our grandkids, uh, we we've, we've been able to uh, make sure that's being handled legislatively. So uh, we need 
we need the 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old boys and girls uh, coming up to learn to fish and hunt. Then they'll be buying licenses later on, and, and then they'll be the stewards of, uh, of the wildlife and hunting and fishing in the future. All right, folks, again, that's Tuesday night at 6.30. Make sure and get out for Judge Gay Lake's Hunting and Fishing Laws update. Tommy will be the moderator. Uh, plenty of great guests, food, prizes, and uh, just an opportunity to visit with other people that love the outdoors like you do. So make a note of that. Also, Tommy, of course, as you said, the show, 20 years and and still going. Uh, TommyWilcox.com is the website. And, uh, where, and where and when can they catch the show? Uh, it's 3 o'clock on Sunday on WBUA. So 3 o'clock every Sunday afternoon after you get home from church and eat lunch, just put it on WBUA and watch it. If for some reason you can't do that, just remember you can go to YouTube and just type in Tommy Wilcox Outdoors and you pull up all our shows and you can watch any show you want to watch. Uh, we, we stream it on, on YouTube, so you can find me that way also. Yeah, and if you do a, if you folks have been watching for 20 years know that throughout the years, Tommy's had some of the most incredible guests that you can imagine from sports, from, uh, entertainment, country music. Uh, it's been, a, it's been a great run. Thank you, Tommy. All right, buddy. Thank you for all your help with us, Gary. We appreciate you, man. Absolutely. 1024. We'll get to the break. We'll come back and uh, got to get back on time. Going to have a short segment and then get ready for another guest, Sam Marcinick. So keep it dialed in right here to Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Join Tide 100.9 this Friday from 12 to 2. When your finances are in perfect order, it just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. The best place for your high school football coverage is right here on Tide 100.9 and online on Tide100.9.com. All right, 1027, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Programming note for tomorrow, uh, we're going to, of course, have, obviously the Gary Harris Show will be here at 9 a.m., but I'm going to be out tomorrow, um, have something I need to take care of. So uh, Justin Jones is going to be sitting in with for me tomorrow, but uh, Justin, who, of course, is my sidekick here, uh, has filled in for me before. He'll do a great job. we got a great guest list tomorrow. The coach, Ellis Johnson, breaks down SEC football. New Orlando Ledbetter with the uh, Falcons report. And Jeff Spiegel, a host of The Zone and Sports Anchor at ABC 3340. So just uh, make sure and tune in tomorrow. As always, and Justin Jones will be in this seat tomorrow uh, in the studio, and uh, instead of in the control room, but he'll manage it for me and give me an opportunity to uh, um, take care of a little medical. Um, nothing major, but just something I need to take care of. So we'll uh, have him in tomorrow. Then I'll be back on Friday for the TGIF edition of the show. Uh, great to have Tommy Wilcox go down memory lane there about the, the 79 uh, LSU Alabama game, which is a classic in the series. Of course, there have been many classics uh, when you think about Nick Saban and his uh, 17 meetings with LSU. This will be the 18th. Of course, he coached there for five years, but um, they met twice in 2011. LSU won the first game 9-6 to six in overtime in Tuscaloosa. Bama got payback in 
the uh, BCS National Championship game down in New Orleans at the uh, Superdome and uh, absolutely dominated that game and winning Coach Savings. What would that have been? That would have been his um, second national championship. Yeah, because he won it in nine. That would have been the one in 11. And of course, he won it again in 12, um, 15, 17, and 20. Six of them so far and counting. All right, we'll get to the break in because we need to get back on time. And when we come back, Sam Marcinic, former Yankees pitcher, now the head of baseball country, will talk to us about some exciting things going on with this uh, unbelievable uh, organization here that uh, not only mentors kids and young people and teaches the game of baseball, but uh, has a much bigger ministry as well. And we'll visit with Sam coming up next right here on the Gary Harris Show. Hey, Crimson covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Ten thirty-two, twenty-eight minutes in front of the hour of 11 o'clock. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM and 12.30 AM WTBC. And we're going to keep it uh, going. Uh, great to catch up with Tommy Wolf. Probably been, gosh, I don't know how many years you've been here, Sam. What is it, about 10 years now? How long have you been involved with baseball country? Uh, we moved up in 16, so... Seven years, yeah, going on eight, yeah. Wow, time flies. But baseball country using the greatest game ever played to share the greatest story ever told. It's a terrific organization, a terrific ministry. Sam and his family uh, out there and Ralph uh, do some unbelievable work through the organization. And, uh, of course, Sam, as I mentioned, reached the big league with the Yankees. But now his mission is baseball country and a lot of stuff happening. And uh, really special event, Sam, coming up on Tuesday. You've got a, a free camp at Kentuck, free uh, with all your folks there from Baseball Country, tell us more about it, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, this will be our fourth uh, annual pro player outreach. Basically, a bunch of guys, current and former players, will come out to Kentuck, uh, put on a free camp, uh, ages 6 to 14, both baseball and softball. Um, we've got some more help this year. Thankfully, we're we're almost up to about 500 kids. But we've got uh, some some current players from Alabama coming over to help. Uh, some players from UAB coming down to help, and then Shelton is bringing some players to help as well. Um, and this is also again, this is baseball and softball. Well, yeah, let's be, yeah, let's be clear on that because now, yeah, softball is a big part of what you do too. It's baseball country, but it's uh, it's uh, the way softball has exploded that you're involved in that too. So, yeah, it sounds like an incredible event, great opportunity for young people to learn the, the games of baseball and softball. But I know, as I said, that's that's part of it. Surely, uh, that's where you it begins. Kids love to play ball, but you use it as an opportunity not only to teach them the game of base, the games of baseball and softball, but to mentor as well, right? Yeah, we do. So the last half hour or so of the camp, uh, which again is from six to eight on November seventh, Tuesday night, um, at Kentucky Park. But we'll we'll spend the last half hour or so sharing testimonies personally of players, uh, but also we'll spend some time talking into the parents just about this whole journey in youth sports, which obviously it's become really crazy and perspectives have gotten jacked up. So um we're just gonna speak into 
into the players and, and into the parents um, about something more important than just the game. Yeah, I'm 59. I'm a little bit older than you. Um, but I remember when I was a kid, I, I loved playing ball. And we moved around a lot. But everywhere that I lived as a kid, I played baseball. And uh, But it was fun. And it it was, you know, and it just was about playing ball. And, yeah, you know, I had some kids that were better than others. But, uh, you know, the stuff that you mentioned that they're dealing with now, um, it is it is easy to lose perspective. I mean, you've got with travel ball and, and yeah. uh, you know, some of these kids that are really, really talented, they're, you recognize they're talented at a young age. And, man, they're they're put under the pressure cooker. And, and I know that. You know, to some extent, that's expected when you've got a when you got an exceptional young athlete. But um, you mentioned losing perspective. It's still a game. It's still supposed to be for kids and be fun. And and I know you at Baseball Country work to balance that between hey, yeah, this the, this young person in baseball and softball is incredibly talented, has a lot of potential. But let's not take the fun out of the game. Do you ever find yourself talking with parents just about hey, let's just let them let's just let them enjoy this. There'll be plenty of time for it to be highly competitive and a lot on the line is that something you deal with a lot yeah i mean that's that's a constant it, i mean it's because you're fighting against the culture um that speaks all into performance and the value winning over developing character and work ethic and and even talent and ability um so it's it's been really <clears throat> really challenging um but it's been an incredible opportunity um, to do things completely different than than everywhere else that's more based on, on performance. Uh, you know, the game is super temporary, so while they're playing baseball, softball, whatever sport it is, we're just trying to use it uh, as a way to, to speak into the hearts of the players. And I believe, <laughs> with all my heart, um, if you are doing it for the right reason, there should be no one more competitive. Uh, than you, uh, because you're not doing it based on a performance and, and how you do. So the inconsistencies of the game, they won't change your, your effort. It doesn't change your, your attitude. So that's more of our focus is the heart of the player. Absolutely. Sam, I just got a message from somebody that's listening, wants to know, is it too late to sign my grandson up? Uh, can, can people that, uh, how, do, how does that work if, if you uh, want? Just go to our, go to our Facebook page. Um, if you, even if you, Miss the first 500 to sign up. You can still come. Uh, we're just, we'll be out of t-shirts. So we're giving away t-shirts, hot dogs, drinks, and chips, but we only have 500 t-shirts to give out. Okay. So. But still bring, bring them out there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Bring them out. Yeah. They're not going to turn you down. If, uh, you've got a, if you're listening and you've got a child or a grandchild and, and you missed the first 500 signups, uh, may not get a shirt, but you can still get, uh, uh, introduced to baseball country. Let's talk a moment about baseball country. Of course, I've heard your testimony and have been to a number of your dinners and, and, uh, uh, you and your family came here on kind of a leap of faith and it's turned into an amazing, um, opportunity for you and your family and for people that have got to know you and what you've been able to bring to baseball country. Share that story with us again while you're on the radio, if you don't mind, and just how, what led you and your family to, to Ralph, Alabama. Uh, yeah, really crazy situation we were in tampa uh my wife and i she was practicing as a physician i had a couple automotive shops been out of baseball for about eight years uh, but was coaching at the high school level and really had a desire to to coach and invest more into players all ages youth leagues to the big leagues locally and and really all over the world but i was limited with my time based off of my, my work schedule and 
you know, her schedule was crazy. Uh, we had three kids. So I was trying to, to build a complex in Tampa basically on my own um, to house players, to train them, um, tournaments, showcases, the whole nine. And, uh, but use it as a ministry, uh, not to generate revenue um, more than what we needed to, to operate. Um, well, we tried it for about four years, and the last effort got shut down at the uh, at the closing table. And I just figured God didn't want us in it. And uh, I just go back to to the shops and, and working there and automotive, and we just keep going. And uh, about a week later, I got a phone call, asked if we would pray about moving to uh, to Gina to run baseball country and. I mean, I really didn't even think much more about it um, after he called. Uh, but then a few days later, it's just I couldn't I couldn't shake it. And and then about a week after that, I asked my wife if uh, what she thought about it. And one of her first responses was that, man, if that's what God wants for for us, then we don't really have a choice. So we prayed about it for a week, which is crazy, but we both came to the same conclusion that if God made a way for us to come, we would do it. And uh, no one knew what was going on. No one knew uh, the situation or what we were praying for. But the very next morning after we both, you know, agreed that if you provided, um, we would go, I got a call uh, from a friend at church. And basically he just said, hey, um, someone left you a check. It's anonymous. It's unrestricted, written wow. to you. Use it, use it how you want to wow. use it. Wow. And we had been doing uh, travel ball in the summer times, uh, a lot of inner city kids, international players. So I was always trying to raise some money to cover their costs, flights, visas, hotels, tournaments, all that stuff. And typically we had to raise about 30000 Um But anyway, uh, this check was for a hundred grand, And I mean, right away, course i called my wife and, and told her we had to sell my like god just made a way yeah man wow so, yeah that yeah. is uh and listen you have fit in so well and i and I, before i get off the radio with you i'm gonna talk about some yeah. of the stuff you're doing for you know um youth that don't have the same opportunities as some others but that is that has to be and it's worked out great but that had to be a culture shot going from tampa florida to gene alabama now in green county yeah a little bit of a difference <laughs> <laughs> but the way that you fit in, because, you know, we focus on baseball country, but it, it reaches out, too. And one of the big things that, that you do and the, and the board and the folks there is you get into Pickens County, you get into Greene County. Uh, it's not the same as inner city, but still, there's a lot of, uh, in these rural counties, a lot of kids don't have much either. And they don't, they don't have, you know, they look at their future and they don't see a lot. And I know through baseball country, boy, you've really opened up ap- avenues and opportunities for these uh, young people, too. Yeah, I mean, God's definitely opened doors for us here, which is crazy because I thought we were coming here and baseball was the only thing that we were focused on. But uh, baseball, not really a hotbed around here. Um, but God right away called us into Green County. And I'm actually at the high school right now. We've got 30 kids signed up for our hunting ministry. Um, we have about 1,300 acres that we manage uh, in well, Pickens County. Um and we bring kids all throughout the hunting season, not just deer, pigs, uh, turkey, squirrel, rabbit. Uh, most of the kids are absent father kids, uh, but just bring them out into the into the woods, invest into their lives, 
speak into them, try to build and develop relationships. Um, and, and God, again, has done some amazing things um, through the ministry. So it's it's been really cool. And to speak to the success that this free baseball clinic on Tuesday at Kentuck, <laughs> you're already having to worry about whether or not you got enough T-shirts for for everybody. So I, I would say that that's yeah. a that's a pretty good sign that people are interested in baseball and in baseball country and what what you folks are doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so again, Sam, tell us uh, the where, when, and how about uh, about Tuesday night. All right, uh, Tuesday night, November seventh at Kentuck Park here in Northport. Um, kids ages six to fourteen, both baseball and softball. Um, six to eight p.m. We'll have free T-shirts for the first five hundred, and then a thousand hot dogs and chips and drinks. And it'll be current and former professional players, um, a bunch of guys from the university, current players at Alabama current players at UAB, current players of baseball and softball from Shelton will be uh, helping us out. Wow, that's some incredible instruction, man. That is unbelievable. One final thought on that, because you, you come in here, and of course, baseball country was established, but you weren't, and um, I've noticed, you know, uh, whether it's Scott McClanahan, many others, but but former Bama baseball players, and in current, uh, like you said, colleges, universities, high schools, the support you've had from upper-level baseball people to um, help make baseball country a success. Man, that's got to be a blessing to you, too. Yeah, it definitely doesn't help to have played. You know, I was able to play for about 12 years, so met a lot of people along the way. And, I mean, those years of my life were, I was a lot different. I was a different person, but thankfully, God still um, kept all those folks in mind and um, been able to use a lot of people that I played with um, to to grow uh, the kingdom, really. So it's been it's been a, a huge blessing. Yeah, earlier this year at the uh, baseball country dinner, uh, you know, to be able to bring in uh, Clay Holmes the way that you did from the Yankees, man. I know that was uh, that was a big time night, and that's that's kind of the people that you have access through access to through your your baseball but uh and the thing about clay holmes is he doesn't you know he, he kind of is a he's a great pitcher but he's kind of a low pro he doesn't do a lot of this kind of stuff for him to come out to that baseball yeah. country dinner i thought was amazing and share his testimony yeah he's been out several times our pro players retreat and most people didn't even know who it was i mean there's an all-star right there yeah, one of the best. One yeah. of the best. Yeah. Well, speaking of your Yankees, man, they got to they're gonna be looking. They got to bounce back next year, Sam. What happened? I, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, you don't have time to keep up with it, I know. But boy, yeah. I, I looked at that roster going into the year, and I thought, well, they're they're, they're they might be back in the World Series. Woo! It went, to the, but that's baseball, right? Look at the look. Yeah. Hey, the Diamondbacks I mean, I won. Playing. The Diamondbacks won eighty four games. Uh, barely yeah. got into the playoffs and in the World Series. Braves, Dodgers, and Orioles. All right, Sam Marshall with us here talking uh, baseball country and that clinic coming up on Tuesday. Uh, sign up through the Facebook page, and if you know if they if they don't have room for you on the sign up page, they still said, "Hey, you can come out and and be a part of it." So that's pretty cool. 
on Tuesday evening at Kentuck. So you got Tommy Wilcox and the hunting laws update on Tuesday evening. Also the, uh, the baseball clinic at, at Kentuck. 1047 here on the Gary Harris show. And uh, I want to talk to you again about uh, Houston Hydra Steam, uh, a, a new sponsor here on the show. You hear their commercials, but listen, man, uh, I've gotten to know, uh, Jackie Houston, the kind of individual he is. And I know many of you know him as well. Uh, Local business that's been going for nearly 40 years, that's really all you have to say. I mean, think about it. You don't make it in a local business for 40 years unless you do it right. And that's the thing about Jackie Houston. High character individual. His motto is quality work you can stand on. And that's what they're about. You know, like I said, nearly 40 years. Give them a call for all your steam cleaning needs. 205-553-9460. 205-553-9460. Or go to HoustonHydrosteam.com. Remember, the holidays are here, and you want your house looking its best, whether it's uh, rug cleaning, carpet cleaning, upholstery cleaning, hardwood floors, uh, the new uh, floors that they put in in these houses and condominiums. You need it deodorized, water damage. They can take care of that. Fabric protection, tile and grout cleaning, which is something particularly in the older bathrooms and the older style showers. You know what a pain that is. They'll handle it for you, man. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Houston Hydrosteam Carpet and Upholstery Cleaning. All right, we're back with the final segment of the Gary Harris Show, and we can get back to phone calls. We've been busy with the guest here, but if you want to give us a ring on the First Domain Condos hotline, 205-342-9904, we'd love to talk to you. Thanks. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. Much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup, salad, or sandwich combo. I'll see you at the free. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sunny and cool today, Tuscaloosa's high in the middle 50s, around 54. Another freeze likely tonight, fair with a low at 32. Or tomorrow and Friday, sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow is 61, the high Friday 67. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 43 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. 100.9. All right, 1051. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. This hour being brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. And uh, we're going to jump back out on the First Domain Condos hotline, and Ellis is going to visit with us. Hey, Ellis, good morning. You doing all right, Mr. Gary Harris? Yes, sir. How are you, man? Uh, trying to warm up. Well, I bet it's even colder up there in Tennessee than it is down here in Alabama. What was your low this morning? Uh, 28. Yeah, I got to about, what did it get to here, Justin? About 33 or 4, somewhere in that range? Yeah, so you got, y'all you had, had some frost on the ground, I'm sure. Yeah, and I was uh, going through town, I had to go to Walmart to pick some stuff up before I went to my first job. And I don't know how it was turned on, but uh, the things where they watered their lawn, 
in front of a bank was on. They froze. And uh, oh yeah, it was the the grass was froze. Yeah, yeah, from the water. Yeah. Well, you know what, man? That's the way it ought to be. It's it's November. You know, we ought to be getting some. Cold. Yeah, it's November. <laughs> That's right. We, we've had we've had such a run of warm temperatures. It seems like in the south, and now we're shocked when you know it gets to be November and it gets cold. I mean, it ought to be that way, man. That's a good thing. Kill off all the. I say, I hope it. Go ahead. I just can say kill off all the bugs and the mosquitoes and all those things that shouldn't be running around anyway. Get rid of them for a while, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just hope it's cool for the game. Well, uh, it should be Saturday pretty cool. Night. It's going to warm up now. High Saturday here in Tuscaloosa is supposed to be back up to 76, which is several degrees above normal. I think the normal high is about 70. So, But I think on Saturday night it should be perfect football weather. I think it will be dropping into the, into the 50s, uh, you know, the low 60s and 50s. So it ought to be really, really nice. I'll be there. I ain't got no ticket yet. I had no luck on that yet, but I'm still working. But if I don't have a ticket, I'm still a coming. Yeah, and you know what? You won't be the only one. If you don't get a ticket, Ellis, there, that's become one of the big things for these big games is that people that don't have tickets and don't want to pay the kind of money that's going to be. Now, you may being you know you, you're good at it you you may get you one right before the game but if you don't people don't care they're still here they go watch it um, you know at a tailgate or they watch it in one of the sports bars there and and then they're outside the stadium after the game and and so you can experience uh, a lot of the excitement in in the event without actually being in the stadium if you have to so that's a that's pretty cool Oh yeah, I've I've been outside before at a tailgate close to the stadium and just to hear the crowd yell and holler you know because something good happened yeah. you know uh, well yeah. i got friends of mine I, that, I got friends of mine that that's what they do they've got a spot over there near the soccer fields and they have it reserved and they come down and they have one of those those trailers that they pull you know that's got the satellite dish and tvs and and uh the grill and then they set up tents and they don't even go to any of the games they come down early in the morning they set up their tailgate they spend all day and into the evening and that's just what that's just the way they do it they don't buy tickets they just buy the tailgate spot man how about that well that's what i do i tailgate with a bunch of people that tailgate big like that Big, all kinds of good food, uh, all, awesome time. But uh, talking about the game, I know you ain't got much left. I think that uh, the game is going to have to be won by at least scoring 33 to 35. Well, I made my, my prediction last night on Tider Insider TV, so I don't mind telling you. I got it 38-31 Alabama, so I'm with you. I think Bama's got to get into the 30s. Hey, good to hear from you, Ellis. I'm going to try to squeeze in one more call, okay, man? Yes, sir. Roll pass. All right, buddy. Good to talk to you as always. All right, let's get to Aaron here, and uh, we'll close out the show with Aaron. Good morning, Aaron. Uh, good morning, Gary. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. I, I hate to call with a negative message, but anyway, it's it, what I got to say today. Last week, I was watching one of the ESPNs, and uh, like an odd night, like Wednesday night or Thursday night or mm-hmm. something, and the team from Charlotte was playing, I believe they call themselves the 49ers. And, and their coach was wearing some type of a garment that didn't have sleeves in it mm-hmm. there. And anyway, to make a long story short, I thought in that particular case, it didn't look good for the sport of football and certainly didn't look good for his school that he represented there like that. That, that the second part of this is this business about uh, Debo Sweeney mm-hmm. and what he all what all he had to say I've gotten going on 
uh, YouTube, and I think I've heard about 80% of it there. But uh, Dabo just, just shot shot himself in the foot for the second time. I understand earlier in the week he got on some fan somewhere uh, about something about the football, about going to the games there. But I think Dabo has uh, not only cost himself recruits by what he did, but uh, also he, I feel like he has shortened his tenure at at, uh, at Clemson because he, he really doesn't care. I mean, the guy's been making $11 million yeah, a year, so yeah. he's saved enough that it just be when he when he gets ready, he's, he's going to go like that. But uh, I I hated to, to see it. However, we back up a few years when Dabo was winning, he didn't wear the crown very well. He was a little bit on the smarty pants side. So I think it's kind of uh, chickens have come home to roost on him there. Gary, thanks for the opportunity and enjoy the show. Thank you, you bet, sir. Aaron. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm beginning to wonder if Dabo's a short timer at Clemson, more of his doing than, than anyone else there. But, uh, and as far as the Charlotte 49ers, yeah, that's Biff Pogey is the head coach there. That's his stick. He wears the, the cutoff sweatshirt and, and he's just kind of a, a burly guy and it's kind of that blue collar type of, uh, work ethic type thing that he brings, but I'm with you. I think it's a, it's a strange look to have the, the shirt cut off there for a head coach and the slash in the front there with the Charlotte uh, football thing. I've, I'm very familiar with him. Uh, he was at Michigan for a while. He was a really good player. I think he played with South Sinceri at the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, but, uh, anyway, that's his, that's his trademark and that's the way that he does it. Hey, thanks for the phone call, Aaron. That's going to wrap it up for the Gary Harris show. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. As I said, tomorrow, Justin Jones will be in for me, uh, from nine until 11. Great guest list for you tomorrow then i'll be back on friday for the bama football trivia uh contest giveaway we're going to give away a bama lsu print i'll put it out on social media uh sometime tomorrow tomorrow night and uh, that's presented by t-town mentor and t-town gallery university mall miller's edge is coming up next for noah and for justin i'm gary have a great day everybody and uh coming back tomorrow morning with justin jones at 9 a.m in for me on the gary harris show Listening to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, you. Yeah, you. 